The reading today is from Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be reading from verse 41 to 52, and that's found on page 1028. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they travelled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Jerusalem with them, to Nazareth with them, and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and in favour with God and man. Please leave your Bible open. Well, let's get back then to that uh, story that uh, Rona read to us from Luke chapter 2. And uh, they say the time flies. Well, let me tell you that uh, we've just jumped 11 years and 11 months between verse 38 and verse 41. You know how you see these pictures where you get one face and then you get a succession of pictures that show that face growing older. Well, you have to start with the face one month old and... uh, Pictures progress, and now we've got to the face where Jesus is 12. And you've got to ask, okay, so why does Luke at this point stick in Jesus as a 12-year-old just as he's been telling us about Jesus as a baby? Why has he got to finish the chapter in this way? telling us this episode of Jesus' life. Now, partly Luke wants to make the point that uh, uh, God has a special place where he makes himself known to people. It's the temple. The temple is the place of revelation in Luke. So on Christmas Day we were there uh, in verse 27 and we heard Simeon tell us what God was like and we're back in the temple again today because the temple is the place of revelation. It's where you go to find out about God. And so the temple is pretty important. But 
there's a special reason why they went to the temple in verse 41. It's up front, obvious for everybody to see. It is the festival of the Passover. Okay, that's important uh, for us to understand if we're going to understand the story. Now, the Passover is a very big anniversary for God's people because 1,300 years before Jesus went in, God's people were slaves in Egypt. And one night God said that he would get his people out and to get ready for that night, um, uh, to get ready for that night, uh, they were to paint the doorposts and door frames of their houses with the blood of a lamb uh, and a lamb would die where a lamb had not died and there was no blood the eldest son in that house would die but where the lamb had died and there was blood on the outside of the house then the firstborn son was safe in fact so safe it's wonderfully put uh, in the story, it says that not a dog barked. In other words, there just was no danger at all uh, for anyone to be aware of. Even with their heightened sense of uh, safety, uh, they weren't disturbed. So every year after uh, that original Passover, they remembered how a lamb died to, God, to keep God's people safe. It was a substitute death for the life of the eldest son. And so Jesus would come to Jerusalem every year at the time of fast, uh, Passover. He'd come there lots and lots of times with the people uh, who lived around him. And he would go home again lots and lots of times with the people who lived around him, except not this time. And there's a bit of drama building up if you read the story. Luke captures that for us. It's a worrying time for his parents. You can imagine, can't you, what it's like. Uh, Mary serves up some food for Joseph. And Joseph said, oh, well, this is Jesus' uh, favorite dinner, isn't it? Uh, instantly, where is he? Oh, says Mary, I don't know, I suppose. He, he's become good friends with the Levi boy. Uh, on this trip. Uh, he might be having dinner with the uh, Levi's tonight. I've got, I bought a recipe for Mrs. Levi. When I take it back later, I'll see if he's there. But no, the Levi's haven't seen him, nor have the Cohens, nor has anyone when they go around and ask. And so, quick goodbyes, and they go back to Jerusalem. And they've got three whole days looking through all the homes, the people that uh, they would have had contacts in. It's a small community. They would have had to visit almost everybody to find out if he was there, uh, possibly to pop in at the supermarket, go down to the playground. Uh, and at the end of three days, uh, you can understand uh, the anxiety. I imagine that if uh, Bim lost IIT in Lakeside, in Lakeside for, for even five minutes, that she'd be... Uh, <laughs> fretting. At least I hope she would be. Uh, uh, except you were the one that got lost. Um, but in, uh, in 
Mary's case, we're not left guessing. She tells us how anxious she is in verse 48. Uh, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And then Jesus comes up with this remarkable reply in verse 49. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? And in that reply, Jesus teaches us two things about Jesus that uh, in each case raise our view about him, that he is God's son and that he is Mary and Joseph's son. First, the fact that he is God's son. It's an astonishing thing, isn't it, for Jesus to call the temple his father's house, if you stop and think about it. No one in Jewish history would have ever called it that. Not Moses, the one who built the prototype tabernacle on which basis the temple would be built. Nor David who planned the temple, nor Solomon who built the temple, nor any prophet, priest or king. In the whole Old Testament would have called the temple his father's house. But Jesus does. But the point is that as important as it seems that he is making himself when he says that, he is not being superior. Because if you look at verse 51, you'll see how obedient Jesus is. So this is not a spot brat. Now Mary's just referred to Joseph as his father in verse 48. And so in verse 49, Jesus said, look, he's caught up in two submissions. And it's important for him to understand what his greater father requires of him. And that's the second reason why Jesus is not superior. Because he is God's son who is learning about sacrifice. In verse 46 and 47, he is asking and learning from the temple teachers. And the context of this conversation here is the Passover feast. That is the big deal to understand. And so when... He is there in the temple courts in verse 46, sitting amongst the teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Uh, it's about the Passover uh, sacrifice and all that that means for God's people. So Jesus has come to understand that learning about this sacrifice is central to his mission. The substitute of one life for another is what Passover is all about. That's the key reason why he's here. So he has to make the most of this opportunity. And that's why there's no arrogance. He's learning how to think sacrificially as God's son. So yes, he is God's son, but he's learning sacrifice. But he's also Joseph and Mary's son, and there's no clash. 
as he goes from one identity to another. He understands how he will serve God's people as a sacrifice that will die in their place. And that feeds into his obedience at home. So it's not that he'll have above Joseph moments and obey Joseph moments as Jesus goes from one identity to the other. No, the reason why he will serve Joseph is because his greater understanding of himself as God's son channels him into thinking like a servant. Therefore, it's no big surprise when he goes home and submits. It's not clash, but one thing leads to another. He's God's son learning sacrifice, and therefore he's Mary and Joseph's son showing obedience. Now, what's the take home for us from that passage? I think uh, if uh, someone's new to church things, then isn't it important for us to know that Jesus, yes, he's given the build-up that he's given over Christmas, but people seem to accept that and then very quickly go back to thinking he was just a, a normal human being. And uh, people seem to think of him on that basis, don't they? Every school gets it right when it comes to understanding the special birth with the shepherds and the angels and all the primary school uh, nativities have some element of that. But by the time you're in sixth form in secondary school, uh, Jesus is just another leader amongst all the other world religions. But the Bible keeps up in front this uh, idea that Jesus is unique. He is God's son. He is therefore both above every other human being and at the same time below every human being in the sense that he's willing to sacrifice himself in order to serve them. So it is important for us to see that uh, Jesus uh, is uh, in that sense uh, unique. That's why we call on our whole estate in Beckertree to worship him, to follow him, because he is unique in that way. That's why when Mary says that she treasured these things in her heart in verse 51, it's just Luke saying, look, these are the kind of things you ought to be treasuring yourself. It's another way of saying, this is what we've really got to be in mind and treasure to help us to relate to him as we should. And so therefore... Uh, our view of the Lord Jesus needs to enlarge this evening. So we worship him tonight for being on the one hand higher than us, able to call God his Father in a way that we can't, and yet at the same time there to learn how to be a sacrifice, to be the Passover lamb for his people. What happens if you're well-churched? Well, I wonder if we might think a bit more about the link-up between what Jesus learns about serving at the temple and then Jesus doing obedience when he gets home.
wonder if it's helpful for us to see that link a little bit more clearly at the start of a year. Often people, I think, accuse Christians who have gone to church on Sunday as being a bit superior to them on Mondays. Uh, people do that, don't they? And yet isn't it true that learning about our servant saviour on Sundays ought to then translate into making us humbly serving others when we get home or get to work. Now I grieve the fact that it doesn't have that effect on me and I'd love this to be one thing that changes in me in the new year. But what I learn about and sing about uh, and think about serving when we're together like this uh, makes me uh, more uh, humble and uh, uh, effectively serving uh, in the rest of the week. Or if you're a real believer, and isn't it helpful to know what is the key to growth if we're to live for God? It's important for us to see how Jesus learned. You see, Jesus didn't come pre-programmed with everything that he needed to learn. He had to learn from teachers himself. It wasn't all part of a package that he was born with and then uh, it kept on uh, developing his mind. No, he had to go to the temple and learn alongside everybody else. So in the last verse of Luke chapter 2, we learn that he had to grow in wisdom and stature. Just like physically he wasn't fully grown when he was 12, so his wisdom was something that had to develop as well. And that's uh, uh, impressive, isn't it? I mean, Jesus is impressive in his wisdom because he's impressing the people he's talking to, but he still had to ask questions and learn like everybody else. Now, isn't it strange, therefore, that if you and me as Christians... If we want to grow in our understanding of God and don't set aside time for that to happen, in the end, we're really saying that we're cut above Jesus. He had to go to the teachers and find out, but it'll come instantly available to us without the hard graft of study. Now, God develops us as people by stretching us in this area as he would stretch us in other areas. If you want to grow your muscles, you exercise. And if you want to grow wise in God, then it's something that we need to find ourselves uh, stretching ourselves in. We can't expect God just simply to zap us with wisdom and to give us greater privileges in that sense than Jesus had. Now Jesus doesn't, uh, God doesn't zap wisdom, he grows wisdom, and he grows it through study. In our case, we've got all the temple teachers written down in scripture for us. So if we want to seriously think about growing like Jesus next year, 
then setting time aside to listen to God's word and to think in line with its wisdom and uh, catching it and uh, uh, honing it to our lives, that's going to be something really important for us every day if we want to grow in God every day. It is uh, an area that we need to give ourselves to the same way that Jesus did when he spent time with his teachers in the temple. He wouldn't have had a Bible, of course, to go home and read because the scriptures were stored in the synagogues and temples. So you had to go to a particular place where, in that sense, more fortunate than he is. But then the responsibility is still the same. Let me uh, uh, maybe stop there and uh, ask you to uh, uh, <clears throat> engage with that and tell me what you think on that. Uh, but maybe we ought to pray first and then we can take the questions and the answers after that. So let's, let's just pray together. Our Father in heaven, we do want to worship you for the Lord Jesus. Uh, so aware of his identity as your son. And at the same time, so aware of your role for him as a suffering servant. Fill us with his spirit that we might love him for being greater than all and at the same time making himself less than all as a servant and a sacrifice. Please, would you help us to grow our wisdom of you in order that we might grow to be like him. And we pray this for the honor of his name. Amen.